Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know what that sound means. Friday, October 15th, 2021, and back with a bang, back where we belong. It is the M to the K Morning Combat, the only show in the world. This is ballsy to try something like this. I'm Brian Campbell, the American Alpha, with my co-host, okay, Luke Thomas. But uh, uh, <laughs> Sally and Gaff on the ones and twos today, excited to be here. Hey, we got a new sound guy today. Shout out to my guy, Barack, right? Yep, you're being awful. Uh, yes, shouts to him, he's big, nice. Big fan, big fan. I hope he kills you in your sleep, all right? Enough, Luke, you're, we gotta, you're we gotta get that off first. that line of questioning. That's on all you, right, that's not right, on me. All right, great to be back at it. Gonna set the stage for the weekend, of course, for Bellator, for UFC. Hit the recent news and all that stuff. What we will be not be hitting today, and I'll take the L for this, bring, bring the hate to me. No wheel of death today. I'm sorry, all right? Not on me. He, I got up this morning on a series of texts from him, which I'll let him explain. I mean, do I feel bad that they overnighted the wheel from the West they Coast? They overnighted the wheel. And just scrubbed it off They for scrubbed hour? it and got it ready, and he was like, I, I'm old and washed, and I, I can't. I to apologize to absolutely that, no one. That, because, was, look, that was your was excuse. That was your excuse. productive week. Not only did we hit some big-time interviews that people can check out right now on YouTube.com slash Morning Combat with Amanda Hebos making us feel something, Luke. With Ryan Bader, Make with you Julius Anglichkis, but Luke and I did a resume review that's coming out soon. You'll hear the announcement on that. See if the curse lives. We also filmed a little rooftop action with Chuck Mendenhall. So, uh, uh, when you say rooftop action, we did not actually bang. No, uh, no, we no. merely recorded a a fun video for a future date. But you know, when you put Luke and I in the same room, wheel of death or not, anything can happen. So we're excited for today's show. So excited that if you check out a little bit of this uh, merch, I'm rocking right here. A little bit of a peek. At some new merch, here's our deal today. We want you in what we're wearing, and we want to give you a discount on the road to get there. Hit our merch site at morningcombat.store. Put in the code LIVE10 today, right now, for the duration of this show, until you're done listening to it, and you could get 10% off what we're selling here. So here's what we're selling. Great shit. Factory Town MMA line is up. Uh, we can get a little bit of that, uh, that uh, fanny, pack. fanny pack. You can get the dad tie-dye hat. But coming, Luke. Coming on Monday of next week, you can also get a special Halloween line. Luke, can you just give just a little peek? This is not all of it. This is this is you know some prototypes. This is some, some of prototypes. it though. This is some of it. Um, what they've got designed, good old, good old R.J. Grundlemaker there in the in the uh, Morning Combat uh, 
Merch Kitchen has is cooking up some some good recipes. You're gonna like them. So check that out on Monday. Also, Drug Rugs. They're here, Luke. They're not available yet, but they are I, so close. I saw them. I, I saw I them. They're real the prototypes thing. Prototypes today. So you're gonna like the way you uh, smelling it at the very. And I gotta least. say, BC, home, I we should we that. Should, you know, we should. We should. <laughs> yeah, I know. Each one comes with a pre-roll. <laughs> Um, we could just take all the pre-rolls that they gave us at, at, at uh, what you call it, that uh, har- uh, high, rollers. high rollers. We'd have more than enough to hand out. But we should say and acknowledge publicly, and I think you'll agree, I feel like the Mert situation it had to make a U-turn. It did. It did. But uh, it's heading in the right direction. It really is. I feel, it, I feel better it about it. It was on life support. We hated it. We were separating ourselves from it. It has turned around. All of the original visions are now coming into fruition yes. right now. Okay? Before, we were a little iffy, I think. Chips to the middle on this one, yeah. yes? You okay. know, we drafted Heath Schuler. We had some thoughts, but really it was Gus Farrat <laughs> that came in, Luke, for your Washington football team and led us, and that is uh, R.J. Grundleman. So yep. love where we're going with that. Enjoy that 10% off if you like this today. Um, Luke, what else we got to talk about before we, we, we get into it? Don't forget the email. And we, uh, morningcombat at gmail.com. We will do dead wrong today. We need those for fan subs on Wednesday as well. We need folks. We got to help bribe them yes. to help us on the algorithm so we thank you for getting us to 100,000 subscribers on YouTube, and this is only a be- only the beginning. You want me to have an MK tattoo on my body? Keep subscribing and liking what we do here, but specifically on Apple Podcast Reviews, if we can legally jack that shit up, give us a five-star review. Leave a funny response. I know some of you guys, like Damien the Donk, you got natural comedic instincts, probably other kinds of natural <laughs> instincts, unfortunately, that eventually yep. the law will catch up with those folks. But if you can make us laugh, the best one. You're gonna get a $50 gift card for doing that, Luke. How about, see, we scam the system, but we tell you in advance. You know, I'm gonna try to get to second base on you, but at least I gave you the alert ahead of time, right? Yes, you've been trying for two years. <laughs> I, I know that. Also, we should remind folks that the Bellator fights, which we're gonna preview here in just a second, they are on Showtime. If you wanna get Showtime, there's one place you can do it right now. Go to Showtime.com. You can get a 30-day free trial. If they like it, they can keep watching billions. They can use the app to get everything that's on demand, plus all the boxing and uh, Bellator that comes with it. Or after 30 days, they can go and do something stupid with their lives. But you I think, think Paul Giamatti's wife, the therapist, is a little sneaky in billions? You mean the, the, his character's wife? Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Do I think she's sneaky? Yeah. No, I like... I like attractive women. That's the difference between you and me. Wow, Wow, that's great. Thank you. We're all Showtime here. All the same team here, okay? No need for these type of fights. Uh, They want us to plug social one more time. That's what Gaff is saying. Gaff's doing a lot of chatting already. Have you noticed that? Oh, wow. Chatty Gaff back there. Here's my tip, Gaff. Less (laughs) talky-talky. Luke, does this color make me look pale, extra pale? No, but you do wash out in the... uh, I'm a little washy. Yeah, well, I mean, it's perfect. It's quite emblematic. Um, you also look like one of the characters from that stupid HBO show where everyone just disappears. What was the show? The the, the leftovers, or the remains, whatever the fuck they were oh, called. They're talking about HBO boxing. The right? leftovers, yeah, which was one of the most overrated shows ever made. All right. It's like, hey, in the end, what happened? We don't really know. We don't really okay, know. we'll get fucked. We I mean, do know what happens on this show. We're gonna set the stage right now for that weekend to come. So if I can, you know, do a little rock away, do a little lean back. The lean was that what you call? Are you it? Fat Joe? You call it the gangster lean when you get into position for the rundown to drop in? I guess so, gangster okay, lean. You yes. Ready? Can I get that? Can I get leaning the, to the side? The magic like of letters. Just, here, let me help lift it up right, right around to here. There's the rundown. Yeah, they didn't help it's you at bad. all. There is no rundown there is, there is for no a rundown. Friday show. All right, we open this weekend with what's going on Saturday night. You can only see this on Showtime, and Bellator 268 is a big one. A doubleheader of note, although I like a lot of the fights going up and down this card, but a doubleheader from the standpoint of the semifinals of the 205 Bellator MMA World Grand Prix. It's light heavyweight, Luke, and in this main event, 
we will see the light heavyweight champion, Vadim Nemkov, unfortunately, not against Anthony Rumble Johnson as initially announced and we were pumped up for, but Julius Angliskis from Lithuania has a chance to do some big-ish. He was announced as the alternate to, to begin the tournament. He's on a 10-fight win streak. He's going to step in there for the belt in the semifinals, a chance to advance to those finals for that $1 million prize. Luke, this changes a lot at how you handicap it, but for all of us, this is an opportunity to meet Julius Angliskis and get to yep. know him a little bit more than the name. What have you found out from looking at the tape? We've yeah. got a chance to talk to him, which we'll get into, but just about who this fighter is. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of attempts on the promotional side to kind of put him in the vein of Daniel Cormier, and I just don't think that really that stands out. Cormier had captured the fans' attention and intrigue, partly due to his Olympic team involvement, long prior to even entering that tournament. So I don't think it's the same. In the fact, Strike Force World Heavyweight Grand Prix. For sure. And so I, I, I reject some of those comparisons. But I've looked at the tape on the guy. I mean, listen, he didn't just win on the Contender Series. He got a stoppage. He had three fights after that in Bellator. He won them all, including against Jordan Young, who's a very good fighter that no one really knows that I actually have a lot of respect for. And he beat him. So that's not very easy to do. The thing that I can't figure out, BC, and maybe there, the answer is that there is no thing that he has, is you heard Anglitschka say this yesterday. We did an interview with him. And in the interview, he was like, well, you know, Nemkov does a lot of the same things that I do. That's not wrong. In fact, I think that's very right. A guy like Anglitschkis is really well-rounded. He doesn't take bad risks. He's got good wrestling. He's got patient striking. He goes to the body. He takes his time in a five-round fight. I think that would help him. You've seen him on the scales. The dude looks like he's in tremendous physical condition, but the problem is he does everything not as well as Nemkov. Nemkov has a lot of the same tendencies, but he can do it all at an elite level. So the question you have to ask yourself is, does Anglitschkis find a way to mature to this opportunity? Does something trip up Nemkov? Look, you, you hate to make the DC comparison, but we thought DC, if we did know about him, and a lot of us did, was a wrestler. I think it was what he did with his hands when he got his opportunity and came up on the scene and made those big surprise wins with such dominant force in the strike force. Uh, heavyweight World Grand Prix a few years back. We did get a chance, as you mentioned, Luke, to catch up with Julius Angliskis. And of course, we did ask that. Are you getting motivation from this Cormier situation? Is there anything you can gain from looking back what happened nearly a decade ago? Here's Julius, not Orange, hitting you up, telling you the truth. That's exactly how I feel. I feel like I have nothing to lose. Like they brought me in as a alternate and just like Cormier was. And all the steps that have been happening through this journey, They've been amazing. It's like, okay, you're not part of the tournament. Oh, you're putting you as an alternate. Then it's like, oh, you're fighting for a title. And it's like, I have dreams of winning it. Other people have dreams of me winning it. People just talk about it all the time. Like people, again, like you said, like talked about the DC's journey and how he won the tournament. So I feel it's almost like a perfect movie that also needs a perfect ending. So it's... I almost feel like it's meant to be for me to win. Like a lot of people think like, oh, like, no, like Nemkovich is better, he will win. And if it happens, happens, whatever. Like you said, I have nothing to lose, so I'll just go out and I'll just fight my best fight. But it definitely feels like a movie with all the little things that have been happening and being alternate and getting the title shot. So it's, I feel like it definitely needs a, perfect ending in the story. Well, if Luke, maybe it's the poor lighting in Phoenix where this Bellator 268 card will take place, but he did look a little orange Julius in that shot. But Luke, about the actual fighter, in his physical prime, we mentioned the win streaks coming in. As you look at 
with DraftKings has set the line for this main event coming in. Obviously, a short amount of time for Nemkov to prepare and train. He'll be coming in as the minus 550, a strong betting favorite against the plus 400 Angliskis. So, Luke, we've kind of threw this out and teased a little bit in the past of, like, do we need to see Angliskis do things that we've never seen him do or at the very least be willing to get KO'd trying to seize this championship because he is getting the ultimate opportunity given the circumstances to not only enter the tournament but to fight for the title right here, right now mm -hmm. on that road to one million. Um, is this the same strategy when we ask the opponents of a Valentina Shevchenko that you can't just come in and fight your game? Maybe Nemkov isn't as dominant in comparison to the competition level as Valentina has been, but do you need Angliskis to go for the home run? I think you do. He's The, the good side for him is that he's very patient. Very patient, takes his time. He doesn't make a lot of errors. His record is, it's its not super long, but I think 10 and one. He's a, those 10 wins are not accidental. Like by the time the fights are over, he has quite clearly been the superior fighter of the two. He's got a little bit, not the same tools that he uses, BC, but in terms of how he manages a fight, he's got a little bit of Leon Edwards in him, which doesn't necessarily mean he's gonna find the finish anytime soon, but what he does do is, I'm gonna put a, uh, a lead on you, and I'm just gonna maintain that for the duration of the race. The question is like, what is he gonna be able to do to get that on Nemkov, who I think pushes a bit of a higher pace. I think he puts a little bit more into his punches as well. Um, if I was him, honestly, like he says he's in good shape. He says he's ready for this. I, I tend to think he should tire out Nemkov. When Nemkov tends to spam a lot of activity and he's had to dial that back, and as he dials it back, he has, he works very hard, but he spends his resources a little too casually. I think you've got to get Nemkov back in that older gear of just let's work, work, yeah. work, 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 and then try and see once his defenses are lowered, now what opportunities present themselves. Nemkov from Russia, a potential breakout star. Also, he's strong in the clinch. Strong in the clinch, that guy. Yeah, very, very good on the plow, too. You know, it's an old Borat joke. Oh, um, my God. All right. Uh, Luke, so really what I'm saying there is that uh, Nemkov coming in off the victory over Phil Davis and their rematch in the in the quarterfinals of this tournament won a strong, convincing decision against a guy who you really don't look good against. What Nemkov has done brick by brick since joining Bellator is just one solid performance after another, although obviously that finish of Ryan Bader for the title was an eye-opener in a lot of ways. Uh, we did ask Angliskis how they match up, and Luke, uh, I want to get our picks on the other end of this. Let's see what Julius had to say about whether he can give a different look to the champion. He has everything that champion needs to have. He mixes up really well. He has that aggression. He comes at you. He doesn't let you rest. And uh, he mixes the strikes really well. And he keeps it basic. He keeps basic. Some people, like, they could be champions by mistake. They'll throw some lucky punch, and that will be it. But how long are they going to be a champions? Namkov, he has everything he needs to stay a champion for a very, very long time. He polishes his game, and uh, like I want what he has. I feel mine and his styles are pretty similar. I feel I could keep the title for a long time as well. So now it's just just got to go and take it. Luke, it is time to put your money where your mouth is, so to speak. Yes. Does the champion get upset? Does Julius Angliskis come into this domino room and just flip tables upside down? I don't I don't think so. I think the smart money is probably on Nemkov. We have had a debate. I think there's a and there's a debate to be had. But I was reading Richard Mann, who works at Fightmetric, and he had a piece out that he uh, does on his Substack. And he was arguing, if you just look at the uh, Fightmetrics rankings, which uses the ELO or ELO system. Great band. Uh, exactly. Um, but what his argument was, was if Angliskis, sorry, if Nemkov wins, the tournament, which we're only talking about one fight, but the tournament, 
and Glover Teixeira upsets Blahovich, it's almost a runaway case for Nemkov to be the top light heavyweight in the world. Right. So in thinking of him in that light, it is hard for me to see what Anglicicus does. However, I do think he will perform pretty well. I'll also say if Nemkov stops him, he won't get any credit for it. But I would consider that to be a very impressive thing to do. Yeah. Anglicicus, he may not wow you with the firepower of his punches or the dynamism of his uh, ability to change between the phases of attacks. Or his hairstyle. Or his hairstyle. But, dude, he doesn't make a lot of errors. You, 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 it's hard to hurt a guy like that and then consistently apply that. So I think if Nemkov gets – he will get the win, but I think if he stops him, it should be treated as a very impressive performance. And while some, let's say, casual or more mainstream MMA fans, MMA fans are just getting used to who Nemkov is, he beat former champion after former champion to get here and has really right. built up the resume. I like Nemkov as well. I don't know if he can – if he will get the finish when this – are these tournament fights – well, this has to be a five round. It's fight a five round because this for the title. It would be it would be five rounds no matter what. The Bader fight is also five I, rounds. I'm obviously confused because Stephen. Yeah, I know. I cannot believe it went that long. But to the point about Nemkov, Nemkov had ten rounds with Phil Davis. Phil Davis couldn't beat him. Look what Phil Davis just did to Yoel Romero. So like, if you're understand how good he is. That Nemkov is getting five rounds and he is. It's a title fight. I think he can finish Angliskis in the second half in the championship rounds of this fight. The key for Angliskis for me is he is he going to have that that. The point in the fight where he sees an opening and will he be able be willing to risk it all? And maybe that opening is is really trying to go after it with the wrestling and really be willing to to use that gas tank to try to get dominant position. It's going to be interesting. I, I get that people may not be super excited about the matchup because yeah. Anthony Rumble Johnson is out. I get that. I got to tell you, I, this is a. I think Nemkov will win, but this is a tough fight. And Glitchkiss doesn't have a huge name. We didn't hardly know who he was until he was announced as the alternate. I'm telling you, the tape is pretty clear. He doesn't blow you away, but I think Nemkov's going to have a hard time with him in certain spots, or at least at, at a bare minimum, to your point, first two, three rounds could be very, very close. And Gliskis, uh, nothing to lose here. A very live dog that should be very fun to see. And that co-main event, though, Luke, this is the one earlier in the week I said is your sort of sneaky fight that's going to steal this show. Very well matched as the former 205-pound champion Ryan Bader looks to continue his march upward to get back and get a chance at regaining that title when he welcomes Corey Anderson, who is 2-0 in the Bellator cage, both finishes over Melvin Manhoof and then against Luke's favorite, Davletzan Yakshimuradov in the quarterfinals of this tournament. Anderson's really entering on a peak. You know, he, he's really only, he's won seven of his last eight. The only loss was, of course, the finish against current UFC champion Jan Blahovic, which turned out to be Corey Anderson's final UFC bout. But he seems to be almost at the best level we've ever seen of him coming in. Bader, though, very stubbornly obviously wants to keep his position at 205 and regain that title. Luke, as we enter this, it's hard to avoid that storyline of sort of like what might have happened in that in that weird sparring match or multiple sparring matches they had years ago, and does that actually matter in this? Because our guy Corey Anderson is going OT on that story that it does matter. Luke, where do you sort of stand on that? I don't tend to think it matters a whole lot, or rather what I would say is I don't have a lot of confidence that that kind of information tells us a lot. It could be the case that somebody shows up and in a particular incidence of sparring, one person gets the better. But, you know, if you train in a gym long enough, dude, everyone takes uh, a bite of the shit sandwich and who knows what the nature of the competition was. Like, well, was one guy going 50%? Was one guy going 80 yeah. There's just a lot of variables. And there's he said, he said totally. on this. And look, we're going we're gonna to hear Bader's thoughts in a second, but do you think... Uh, you know, Corey Anderson broke the bro, co bro code in fighting by sharing what happened, you know, behind the scenes, even though us as media dogs, sometimes we tend to chase after this and want to hear what happened. Did, did he do wrong? Or is that just to maybe motivate himself? I, I don't personally, it doesn't, 
offend me if they share details. I'm not into the whole bro code thing, but obviously, you just not even for Eskimo bros. I, dude, like the thing about it is, when you share information like that, I listen. If he's trying to promote a fight, then he's trying to promote a fight. What are you gonna do? Like the, yeah. you're just gonna say whatever you need to say to to get people to watch. But like, if I was the one thing I'll say is if Corey like really believes like wow I've got this fucking guy's number from a, a relatively small amount of training, I would caution against that. Uh, right. I, tend to th- I tend to think that actually Bader is I favor him over Anderson. So well, Bader was uh, on the set through the through the magic there of Zoom uh, just yesterday. You can obviously check out all of these inter- interviews in full on YouTube.com/slash Morning Combat. But we asked Bader, "What's your side of the story? What the hell happened?" Dude, so I brought him in twice, you know, when I fought Phil Davis. You know, the first time we couldn't even train because he got kicked in the eye and split. I split his eye open, um, you know, and then he keeps talking about this other training session. I'm in the middle of damn camp, you know, dog tired. And we went back and forth in, in sparring. You know what? I know because you might have got a takedown in sparring or something like that, you know. So I don't know what he's holding on to there. Um, I get my ass whooped all the time in sparring by everybody. I'm a gamer. I show up when it's game time. You know, we're not talking about practice here, you know, and so, uh, um, yeah, it's, it's just funny that he's holding on to that. That's, I mean, that one was five, six years ago, you know, so if he thinks he's fighting that guy that was at training at practice, he's going to have a, a extreme rude awakening when the actual fight, what, what? you know, comes around, you know. Look, we're talking about practice, not, not, not a game, not a game that I, that I give my life for. We're talking about practice? Mm-hmm. That's what I mean, dude. It's like what it, it 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 could. It's not that it doesn't mean anything. Oh, it doesn't mean anything. Well, it could, but there's like a gazillion scenarios where it doesn't mean jack shit. And also, I do take the improvement of Corey Anderson seriously. I really believe you gotta you gotta buy into that, in part because he's been around for such a long time and he's only now at 30 years old. He's beginning to put the pieces of his game together. We can hear you on the thing. Uh, He's pretty, he's, they're, they're I know. I mean, they gotta get it together. I got sound issues. Okay? I know. I know. I know. Uh, but the, I'm just what I'm trying to say is, I take his improvement seriously. But here's the thing about Ryan Bader: you got to take seriously as well. Yeah. Ryan Bader, what he's been doing is pretty impressive. Namely, he used to always have big firepower. Uh, he used to always have great explosive wrestling. His striking has improved. But too late now. Yeah, my guy Barack. <laughs> too late. Yes. Just walking right in front. I mean, just what are you gonna do? The pot. He's always had a lot of these other features that make his game interesting, but what happened to him in various fights was that he would just make a lot of bad errors and it would cost him charging into Lyoto or whatever. Savagely bad errors. Right, I mean, pick the one against Tito Ortiz. Like, what he's done is he's... I thought we weren't going to talk about that anymore. I'm just saying, but here's the point I'm trying to make. Those kinds of mistakes he doesn't make anymore. He also doesn't quite have the same level of, like, punishing firepower at the heavyweight tournament notwithstanding. But he doesn't make nearly as many errors. So the point I'm trying to make out here is his offense has come down a little bit, but his defense has improved dramatically. And so it's where is Corey Anderson going to thread the needle to work through that? I have a hard time seeing that outside of the volume over time taking over him. I'm not going to throw to the sound specifically. You have to check out the full interview if you care. But we did ask Ryan Bader about that loss to Vadim Nemkov where you know he's been very upfront and saying, I just I wasn't there. It wasn't me. I had issues. Blah blah blah. Now it seems the story has changed in updating it to a really serious knee injury. So however you feel those are the excuses. Are they humble ways of, of of admitting what went wrong? 
Do you think the Bader that lost to Nemkov for the title was the real Bader? Was the same version of the guy we're going to see against Corey Anderson, or was that a really bad night at the office? I think it was. I think it was. I, 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 here's what I believe. A rematch between Bader and Nemkov would be a different fight than the first one. I think Bader would last a lot longer. I think he would um, potentially take a round even, but I don't see how he wins that one. Nemkov can match his physical intensity. He's a much better striker. He's a, he puts out more volume. He can take I think down. He can take Nemkov down. I don't think he can hold him down. Not at this point. We're talking about Bader's improvements, dude. Nemkov fight to fight. I mean, true. Phil Davis had much less success in that department than he did even yeah. the first time. So you know, you have to count his improvement as well. And so for those reasons, I absolutely believe the second fight would be much more competitive. I still believe in them. Uh, we're going to hear from Bader in a second on how he thinks these two match up. But let me tell you how Vegas thinks here. DraftKings setting the line for Corey Anderson as a minus 200 favorite. And Ryan Bader, fresh off going the distance against Lyoto Machida and avenging one of his earlier UFC losses, Luke, is a plus 170 underdog. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty okay. fair. I think right. that's, uh, again, these lines are designed to induce betting, but... Induce I, reactions from us. That's too. right. I th yeah, I'm giving you one. I, I think it's... I don't, what do you want me to say? Holy shit! Yeah. Holy shit! No, it's, uh, yeah, it's about right. It sounds okay. about right. All right, well, we asked Darth Vader himself how these two match up. Will the wrestling off offset each other? Will it be a stand-up war? Let's hear what he has to say. Yeah, you know, um, he, he, he does well at volume. You know, he's always in great shape. And, um, you know, he, he gets after those guys that really can't wrestle, you know, and, and drags them into deep water, waters. You know, for me, I just feel like, you know, my, my wrestling is superior, um, but I feel like my MMA wrestling is a lot better. Um, he's one of those guys that kind of needs to push you on the cage, you know, takes long shots. Or I'm the guy that will blow you off your feet, you know. And so, um, you know, there's that dynamic. You know, you got to worry about the takedown. You got to worry about him being on top. He has good ground and pound. Um, but I'm not going to just sit and let him mount, mount me and, and drop elbows on me, you know. Um, you know, so I've been in this game a long time. I got power in my hands, both hands. He's been knocked out a lot. I put my heavy hands on him. He goes out. Heady stuff there. And by the way, I, I, I appreciate the time with Ryan Bader. I always think he's a very interesting, honest, upfront person about a lot of things. Luke, let's get deadly serious, though, about how this pertains to this fight. If it is a stand-up fight for the entire time and they either cancel each other out from, from block takedown attempts or they just decide not to, like they're Usman and Covington, I think this is Ryan Bader's fight to win in a big way. So is it or could it be first guy to be able to take the other down and establish some kind of control is going to end up winning this? I'll say this. I think if you're Ryan Bader, what you have to probably consider is that going for the takedown, at least as a way to mix up the offense, is a good idea. And then I think you need to go in there with the idea like plan, not plan A, plan B, but plan A has two different options it presents. One option is that if he gets the takedown, can he hold a guy like Corey Anderson down? I think if Bader, I think Bader can get the takedown, at least uh, you know, on occasion. So if he can get the takedown, can he hold Corey Anderson down? If he finds out in the course of the fight that, yes, he can do both, you just keep going back to that. There's no reason to break it. And to me, that would be the first order style of game planning I would recommend in that particular scenario. In the other case, where you can't get the takedown consistently or to bare minimum can't get it consistently and certainly can't hold him down, 
then I think you still go with the level changing. Yeah. You constantly match what he's trying to do there, but you realize don't put a lot of energy from this point on in trying to hold the guy down. Let's just create threats to open up on the striking. But I, again, my first order recommendation is see if you can hold the guy down because, dude, Bader is a large light heavyweight. I know he was saying he was only 212 yesterday, but still, he's just a much bigger guy than Corey Anderson. That doesn't always tell the story about strength and, and obviously wrestling pedigree and control. But I think he should at least give that the old college try. All right, Vegas likes Corey Anderson. The prop, my dilemma in picking a winner of this is that my heart is telling me, Luke, that Bader overall is the more skilled fighter. And if this fight ends up being a striking match longer than anything else, I think Bader's boxing has improved to such a level where he can really stand in there and set up that left hook and control the damage coming out. But Luke, sometimes Vegas lines are set a certain way because of recent history. And Corey Anderson is peaking right now. He is on a hot streak. He has momentum, which matters in this game. So, Luke, is it the emotional momentum here, or is it the fact that I do think Bader is the more complete, stronger fighter in this case? Where are you leaning in the end? In the end, it's funny. Because Anderson's got to make a leap striking-wise, correct, for to, to really put a statement on this. No, not necessarily. When you say leap striking-wise, in terms of what? Going after it if he has to. Oh, going after it, yes. He would have to take a leap. Winning on volume with what he currently has is very possible. I do take that uh, seriously. The oddsmakers have Corey Anderson as your favorite. I like Ryan Bader. I like Ryan Bader. I think that the fight against Nemkov, when he says it wasn't his best day, I believe him. He's not the kind of guy who's... Do you know how many times has Ryan Bader come out and been like, oh, I lost this fight because the other guy just wasn't better? Like, he almost... He didn't say it this time. I don't know. I've heard him say it before ever. Like, oh, the guy just wasn't better than me. Dude, he was better than you, especially I on mean, that night. Whatever you ascribe it to... Bader was not fully Bader against Nemkov. And if it was a knee injury and he shouldn't have taken it, and he took it because he was afraid of... Uh, he didn't know if he was ever going to fight if again. If he, he was afraid of what the pandemic was bringing and all that, then if you're telling me he is who he is, yeah, I got I to gotta come back and pick Bader. So yeah, I got to do it. Again, do you really believe that Anderson can take Bader down consistently and hold him down? I have a hard time believing that, this but I don't fight. believe that the other way. Yeah, so. there's going to be a very good fight. Both semifinal matchups... Bringing together a lot of intrigue here, though I hope we can get Rumble Johnson. I haven't heard any kind of update on the situation. I, I hope, hope he's okay. okay. Hope he's okay. I want to see him again. Uh, you know, much love out there. Luke, I mentioned that this card's got some other matchups worth talking about. How about this? Benson Henderson, a minus 115 favorite and a welterweight bout, correct? A welterweight bout? Um, against former lightweight champion Brett Primus. I'm not sure about the weigh-ins. Primus minus 105. Actually, yeah, so Luke, both in, in the negative there in terms of favorites. Very equal fight on paper. Does, Henderson, does, does Ben Hendo still have it? Well, at this weight class, I don't really know. They've got it listed at 155 on topology for whatever that is worth. Um, I, I, Brent Primus had a tough fight in his last outing uh, against, what was it, um, the, uh, one of the, from the guys from the Smesh Factory. It was, pardon me for this, it was uh, Islam Mamadov. Against him, he had a, it was a split decision anyway. It was a tough fight that was hard. That's a guy, that guy is hard to look good against. He's hard to beat. I tend to think against Benson Henderson, I, Brent Primish, he's big for the weight class, strong, yeah, does have good wrestling. Um, Benson Henderson's been dropped and hurt now at this point multiple times. If it is at 170, that might change the equation a little bit, but that would only favor Brent Primish in my mind. So I will say this, if Brent can't get the takedown at least relatively consistently, that's a problem because I think the stick and move of Henderson might be there, and also he does make a charge late in fights. Uh, he's got much more experience. Still very durable. Great experience. Doesn't seem to come over the top and beat His younger guys anymore. durability's taking a hit, though. He used to be really hard to hurt. Right. Now he's not so hard to hurt. Um, so it's a, it's. I would say the odds on this one are also quite correct. This is a, right. a coin flip for me. So what's the story here? Is his wife also appearing on this card? She's starting on the main, on the prelims. 
So it's a husband and wife team. I think her name is Maria, whatever, Henderson. She, this will be her second pro fight. And she's taking on a fighter who's 0-2, which folks might be, oh, Bellator stack into deck. Sort of. Like, yes, they are. But that's what every promoter does for someone who's 2-0 or 1-0. Weren't so. uh, JP, Bays, and Cheyenne the first couple in UFC history to fight on the same card? They might have been. And now, or for married couple, I would, I guess. And now we could see that, or we will see that here. And I did see an interview with Benson Henderson where he um, was sort of asked, do you think Bellator will want to go in the direction of maybe having you fight Gilbert Melendez and Gilbert Melendez's wife, Carrie, fight your wife? And he was like, yeah, we would do that. I think he goes, I think that's what Bellator would want to do. Yeah, Luke, do you get into that wife swapping thing? Not, not, it's not for me. In terms of MMA, are you a swinger? Uh, in terms of MMA, am I a swinger? Dude, who do these jokes work on? <laughs> the, Let me ask you a question. The audience, Luke, okay? No, 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 no. There's like a section of the audience yeah, these probably, jokes work probably, on. Probably, yeah, they're probably falling flat. Uh, Luke, Henry Corrales is back. He'll be a minus 130 favorite here against... He's always good for a, for a rowdy fight, right? Vatislav Perubchenko, who is a plus 110 slight underdog here. Henry Corrales brings the action that should be a banger in the opener, Luke. This all goes down Saturday night, I believe 10 p.m. Eastern on Showtime. Mm -hmm. That's the place where you can catch it. A lot of developments we need to see. Also in that preliminary main event, Carl Albrechtson against Dovletson. Dovletson Yagshimuradov. Our guy, back at it. All right, Bellator this weekend, Luke. Also UFC, bad at it. Back at it with another fight night. Luke, this has permutated in different permutations, if you will. Originally involving Misha Tate in the main event, Holly Holm in the co-main. They both got injured or sick. They're both pulled out. And Aspen Ladd, last minute, is going to slide in here and try to save the day for the card and maybe in some ways her career after the recent um, weight issues and time off due to injury. Luke, Aspen Ladd, on very short notice, will slide in as a minus-130 favorite against the plus-110 Norma Dumont, a women's bantamweight main event, not one of the strongest in-between fight night cards we've seen. But there's certainly some intrigue on what Aspen Ladd is going to look like physically, mentally, to try to keep this promising career on track. It's also a winnable fight for because I, I never saw Dumont as having the most sturdy ground game, the sturdiest ground game, where I think Aspen Ladd could actually have some success. But you're right, dude. Like, how is she? I, it's funny about her weight cut. I've never seen, have you seen her, like, as a big 135er? Like, I've seen people who are big 135ers. She's smaller than them. Yeah, but so. she's had consistent issues. Though. I get it. I get it. I mean, she has no, she has no choice at this point. But to go to 145, I guess long term, I have some questions about whether that's the right home. Not so much for the weight cutting, but for how competitively advantageous it might be. I think it's a winnable fight in this. Doesn't feel too soon when you've had that big of a weight cut scare? Does it? Shouldn't Dude, that? I don't. I mean, yes, but uh, all right. You know what I mean? What am I supposed to well, say? Well, look, matchup wise, winnable fight for her. She's on a great run. Only has that one loss in her career was to Jermaine Durand. I mean, it was quick, and it was like, is that a representation of what that where that fight was going? Yeah. Was it a sort of a uh, you know, out of nowhere knockout, and it just happened. Uh, she hasn't really had the chance to show us that, although that last win, Luke, when she rallied, who, who was it against in the third round there when her coach fired her the hell up? Oh, I forget, but he, she got the speech from hell. Yeah, like the and, she, the and she Atlas brought the thunder. Yana yeah. um, Kunitskaya. There, there you go. Uh, the wife of, or the future wife, maybe, of, of Maheta. Maheta. Baby on the way. Mad bills to pay. I mean, it's part of the deal, you know? Yeah, I'll believe why you me. drink Tangare. Yeah, okay? believe me, I know, buddy. Okay. Uh, Luke, so Aspen Lad could and should, but there's a lot of questions coming in. If she gets this win, though, you're still going to have to figure out where you're fighting weight class moving forward. Yeah, this is merely a let's see if I can uh, make management not furious with me for a yeah. little while fight, like, you know, which I think she can. And at that point, you still have all the questions that we raised, but it at least puts out the fire 
that was caused by her weight class miss and the fight being canceled and blah, blah, blah. So. Luke Coleman event heavyweights. Andre Arlovsky is not only still fighting, it's unbelievable. but he's still coming out as a betting favorite here, a slight one in a matchup against Carlos Felipe. Felipe, the minus 105, underdog by a hair, minus 115. Am I reading that incorrectly backwards? Is Arlovsky. That makes him the... The actual favorite, correct? Uh, this is, depending where you look, yes. Well, if it's both minus, it's basically a pick em. It's basically a pick em. Um, Luke, is Felipe someone who's going to use the name of Arlovsky to try to climb this ladder and make his name known? I mean, this fight, these the, Arlovsky is such a godsend for UFC, right? Because they he can does put weed, him, He does weed out at the middle level. That's exactly the, what he does. At this stage of his career, he is perfectly capable of winning UFC fights, so they keep giving him guys who are on the come up who are clearly beating other guys like themselves, but you want to know if they can take that next step. My goodness, Arlovsky is, like, has proven extremely valuable in this role for them. Because, by the way, if they're not, and several times they are not up to par, Arlovsky sends them packing. And so this is a great fight for them to figure out what's going on here. Is Carlos Felipe a guy who can just charge and be aggressive and has aggressive Muay Thai? Or is he someone who, against eight, this is what Arlovsky does, dude. He is so Well, he stopped getting patient. splattered. He stopped getting splattered because he's patient. He's patient with his timing. Because when you get splattered a lot, people ask you to leave. And he's finding ways to lose competitively and then win and be in all of these fights. So the question you have to ask yourself is, can Felipe find another gear or a yeah. different style of fighting to take over a guy who's not going to give him easy, low-hanging fruit? You have to climb a little bit to get it. Those prospects who are not up to par when they come against them, they don't know how to get any offense going. It takes someone who's got a little bit extra in their sort of skill set to get past it. These late career rejuvenations of sorts. Glover Teixeira is a more prominent example because he's fighting for a title and Arlovsky's not there and, you know, is not going to end up there. But you got to stay in some high-level shape. you got to be fighting to, to change your game and evolve. So you got to give that up to Arlovsky, the former champion. Yeah, it's not like he's knocking everybody out, but yeah. he's giving him hard times. And I think Felipe, whether he wins or loses, will probably have some hard times in this fight. Luke, you fired up for fan favorite Jim Miller to be back at it here against Eric Gonzalez. Jim Miller going to be a minus 225 favorite. Luke, at this point in his career, every time he fights, it's either to break the record for UFC wins or appearances or to, like, retie Donald Cerrone on their back and forth up the chain. Uh, he's another institution that we love in Jim Miller. He's a sizable favorite here as well. I'm not super high on this fight one way or the other. I Obviously, you know, who couldn't have enormous respect for the career of Jim Miller? He's a consummate professional as they come and dealt with Lyme disease and the whole nine other. You got to love Jim Miller. Uh, this fight is not the one that's got captured my imagination. May I tell you about Which the one? Which one does, yeah. The one right below it. Manon Fioro, it's French, I'm pronouncing her name wrong, against uh, Mera Bueno Silva. Manon Fioro, dude, keep an eye out for her. Have you seen her fight? No. Dude, Sounds she's very French. She, she's French. She's from France. She is fucking awesome. She will beat the brakes off of anybody who is not right on par with her oh, skill level. Oh, she's already had a UFC fight, right? Yes. Yes, I know exactly Dude, who this is. Yes. She wowed me from the word go. I was yeah. blown away by how good she was. Good reminders they put up behind yes. this area. Yes. So I don't know exactly if that will continue. This is a good. This is another step up, and we'll see exactly what the limits of her game are. But if this fight at all takes place at distance, this will be women's flyweight. Okay. Okay. Silva is going to have a hard fucking time. Uh, Manon Fioro. Remember that name. Trust me. Wow. All right. Luke, uh, when Julian Marquez and Jordan Wright sign up, there'll probably be a brawl. So that should be interesting. You're, you're also missing the, the story here. How about Lupita Godinez, who, if she wins, will have the fastest turnaround in UFC history for winning fights? How quick? Seven days. Wow. She just fought wow. against the Argentine girl seven days ago. 
She beat the shit out of her. Modern era record because you used to fight more in the yes, same yes, night. Yes, yes, modern era record, of course. Yeah. It wouldn't count because Horse Gracie fought however many times in one night. But, um, dude, seven days in the modern era, that's hard that's to do. That's pretty but she, ridiculous. Dude, she beat, who, who was it? Uh, Gomez Romero or whatever her name was from Argentina. Godinez beat her like, you know, that was, I always say, Big Bank take Little Bank, 84s and candy paint. I mean, that, is that was. Is that a dirty comment? No, no, no. That's, uh, that's a Paul Wall. <laughs> Shout, shouts to Paul Wall. Uh, yeah, it was it was bad. I don't go down that road. Luke, are you all fired up anytime Nate Landwehr is back on the card? It'll be a plus 320 underdog against Ludwig Klein, but Nate Landwehr... Um, the he, donks love him. He brings some, like, risky redneck energy, and he brings it. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> That's what you bring. Yeah, yeah, okay, you know. <laughs> That's what you he bring. He may be from a different factory town That's right. somewhere in middle one. America. I'm, you know, yeah, I just you're, you're, a, you're a northeastern factory town. He's yeah. more like a Midwest guy, I guess. I don't even you know You know, they may from. look at me as the rich guy of the factory circuit just because I'm from Yeah, they should because I know, know what your paychecks look like. That's, um, that's, that's hard work. Okay, that's blood. You deserve spilled, it. You deserve right? it. You've earned I it. I spilled a lot of fluids on the journey to get here. I bet. <laughs> in movie theaters and airport bathrooms. <laughs> oh, wow. All uh, right, Luke, let's get serious for a second. Ready? PC was like, can you can you join the Mile High Club by yourself on a plane? I'm like, I don't no, think that's how that no, works, that's, that's, you know? Uh, but that's nice that you're defiling the bathrooms there. HR. All right, Luke, topic three this week is the John Jones saga does continue here for reasons that have come out about his coaching staff and also his him giving us a public response to the whole situation involving the domestic violence arrest and the fallout of that, Luke, I think the biggest news that came out of that was that John Jones's coach, Mike Winklejohn, down in New Mexico at Jackson Wink, came out against Jones and basically said, what, you're temporarily suspended from entering the building until you Seems work this way. out? Uh, coaches Brandon Gibson and, of course, Greg Jackson will continue to work with, with John remotely. But, Luke, when we saw an immediate response from Jones in a tweet that was quickly deleted... Quote, had a heartbreaking conversation over the phone with one of my longtime coaches last night. Really hurts to lose the support of someone I respect so much. Sincere thank you to the rest of the coaches for staying with me uh, or staying in the fight with me as our journey continues. Luke Jones will be back in court October 26th. Uh, he deleted that pretty quick. It mm -hmm. didn't feel like the right tone to the response, but nothing Jones has done in the aftermath. And he's, you know, the arrest and the alleged crime and all that, you know, look, let's give him his chance here. But... This just continues to, to look bad, Luke, every step of the way. Yeah, I, I, a buddy of mine is a criminal defense attorney, and he didn't just tweet this. He tweeted several things about the um, the incident for which he was arrested for. I which, have those to read. You have those to read? Yeah, here we go. John Jones did come out, and these tweets are still up. He says, I love how people are imagining the worst possible situation in their heads make, and making it somehow factual. I never hit my fiance, and our daughters were woken up after our confrontation. My daughters didn't see or hear us arguing. That's really the only thing I care to clarify. Outside of that, looking to move forward without alcohol, it's the first time in my life where, I act, where I'm actually ready to quit. Glad to have the support of my fiance, family, and fans. Uh, uh, Luke, a fan would tweet at him and say, uh, actions speak louder than words, and Jones responded to that and said, yep, I totally understand that. That's why I'm not going to do some big PR stunt or hire a publicist. I'm not going to do anything like that. I know it's real. I know that I'm ready. Time will take care of the rest. Mm -hmm. Luke, that, that is a good response. It's just that it, is it the delivery method and the surrounding things around dude, it that Why are you tweeting about I mean, at this point, it's like, dude, I don't even care what Jones says anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, it's like, dude, it doesn't matter what you say at all. None of it matters. Not one word of it matters. It, it, there, it, how many times does he have to do this where he makes grand proclamations about what things are going to be, and then they're never that? Well, I'm Sometimes glad he's it, not hiring the fixer anymore, the, the PR who maven who would who come cares? in they, and They do were nothing. probably doing him a favor that he doesn't even recognize yeah. at this point, honestly. 
Uh, Here's what I'll say. Let me finish this. I, I, I don't care what he says anymore. Either he will do the things that he has to do to get his life right, or he won't. All indications are because he is tweeting that he probably has zero absorption of the gravity of the problem. And I, a buddy of mine is a criminal defense attorney. I sent him these tweets, and I was like, what do you think of this? Like, if you were his attorney, what would you say? He's like, well, if I was his attorney, what I would say is it's not ruinous to tweet what he tweeted. It doesn't blow everything up. But he's like, now, remember, the way a court case works is that both the plaintiffs and the defendants agree upon a set of facts. They have to agree on a set of facts for the trial to start. And so what he has done by tweeting this is, again, some of this you might have assumed was true, but he has now placed himself at the scene by fact. He has admitted there was an incident. He has admitted his children were in proximity. Why the fuck are you tweeting this? Why are you tweeting this? What look, are you doing? Any talk that I've said in the past about, you know, Jones, you know, what, what point do you fire him? It's because I don't think he's never really been told no. Like, he got stripped of the title, but he didn't get stripped of his privilege to fight and fight for big money and do that. So I think, Luke, at every turn, when it should have been a slap on the wrist, there could have been more. And I know there were drug suspensions, but they also moved a card for him over drug testing that he doesn't see anyone like turn on him in the, in the, at least in the relationships that matter the most to him. Yeah. Those same people are constantly there. So anyone that's, including John, who's ripping Winkle John, I think it's finally somebody taking us some form of a stand. Yeah, some and form that's of a what stand. you need to how, shake it how up. How sincere will be in the end, we don't know. But there's a question too. It's like, dude, is that, like I think Mike Winklejohn was doing it based on the statements that he gave. We haven't had a chance to speak to him, but based on the statements that he gave, he was doing it because he's like, hey, look, I teach a you know self defense class. Uh, as we told Ariel Hawani, and I have daughters. Like it, it would just it seemed like it was too much of a complication for him and his business to not do anything about it, which I can understand. You know, and but the question is like, is it the is it is it Mike Winklejohn's job to fix John? I mean, I realize that if you care about someone, you want to do that. It can be a good thing. But dude, at the end of the day, it's not any of his coaches' positions or jobs. It's not any of anybody else. It's it's got nothing to do with anything other than what John wants for his life. And I sincerely hope that he wants to get help. But the based on the way that he is tweeting and Instagramming his way through this, seems to me that the lessons that need to be imparted are in no way getting imparted. I, so I I don't I can't know what will with that. Jones, you said it doesn't matter what Jones say. He would later tweet and then delete. My life wasn't always great, man. Being molested as a child, losing a parent and sibling to disease at a young age. It goes on and on, man. I'm sure I got he's things got, I need to deal with. Dude, he does. He has things he has to Dude, need. he's That's got a right. ton of trauma in his life, and I don't wish that upon anyone. Yeah. I legitimately hope, sincerely, who would wish pain and suffering on a person who 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 is who can't get out of the hell that life has brought upon them? Like, I would not wish that on someone. No. Why would I, what, what, how do, people have accused me of like, oh, you're relishing this. Dude, how the fuck do I profit off of this? Is, am I going to gain subscribers from the occasional video that comes out? Am I really going to change my fortunes? Is the show going to be any, it doesn't change my life. It doesn't make my marriage any better. It's not going to make my kid any healthier. It's, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, but at the same time, I don't, and so I, of course I wish, please. But my, you want to see him take changes. You don't want to just yes, see another Yes, of course, get PR your life statement. together. Yes, yeah. like it would be better for everybody yes. involved if that happened. But at the same time, like, dude, how does anyone believe a word that he says at this point? So Daniel Cormier was asked for his response given their rivalry, and he finally put a video up on YouTube and said, Luke, the, the one thing at this point is that Jones will never receive the benefit of the doubt again. Coach Winklejohn's decision shows what type of man he is to be willing to step away from uh, the money in order to stand on the grounds. The next thing for me, though, DC said, is how serious must it be for a guy that's walked out in front of thousands and thousands of people with you after the indiscretions to finally have enough and walk away? Yeah, I think this is the step in the right direction that point. there's at least 
penalties and consequences. DC, if you wanted to catch the video, had, had much deeper thoughts on that. But uh, um, I want to see John healthy before I see him training for a fight and before I hear that he's coming to fight the winner of Ngannou versus Ghana. Like, can we figure out the, the other stuff? First? Yeah, and like, dude, whatever he comes back, if he hasn't done the work, and again, like, I'm not his dad or his parent, or it's not my job either, but like, you can save that redemption shit, you know? Like, that'll be a relevant conversation when... You're like, do it Rousey style. Don't do any interviews and just show up at the cage. Show Ser uh, seriously, like, do you want to go... Do, do you want to do that? Do you want to go to a fight week when if he hasn't done anything that would make you in any way yeah. feel like he has... Uh, and we'll see what the courts do, but, like, if you just get the vibe that, like, nothing changed... Yeah. What do you... you are, oh, well, now he's fighting Francis or whoever he's fighting. Cyril gone. Like, things are different now. No, they're not. They're exactly the same as they were when... The problem hit. The more things change, the more they stay the same, Luke. I guess so, man. I, got, right. I, hope, I hope everything gets fixed. I, I really by do. Not I really at do. All. Dude, all right. whatever clicks you get from John Jones's misery, and sometimes they can be profound. Sometimes, sometimes that can happen. I would much rather have a great post-fight show where John was back in the octagon doing John Jones I shit because might, that would be where people, the people, big traffic would come. They try to categorize you and I because John, you know did that thing to you in public one time, and now me as a sex accessory that, oh, you want to see John Jones fired, you hate him. It's like, no, I actually love John Jones. You know where I want to see John Jones? As, as the UFC heavyweight champion and, and making the GOAT debate not a debate anymore. That's actually where I want to Dude, see John Jones. Dude, uh, there's a, hold on, before we move on from this, let me just say this. So there's a debate in my hometown because the relevant football team there has been a complete fucking disaster for 20 plus years. Now, John Jones has been a winner in the octagon in every way possible. Certainly almost better than anyone else, maybe. But in terms of outside, and even in the inside, there's been some issues, too. Here's what I point out. Callers always call into my favorite sports channel, and they always accuse them of being like, oh, you guys want to milk the Washington football team, previously the Redskins' misery for ratings. And, dude, it like clockwork. The best ratings they get all year are when this, the Washington football team has the longest stretch of wins. It is always when it happens. It yeah. is always when it goes to the playoffs. It is not... When, you know, RG3 is subtweets Kirk Cousins or whatever the fuck. This idea that the misery is where the money is. There's a little bit of extra attention that way. The money is where the winning is. That is Doc where you get it. Doc 5 changed you. Huh? Doc 5 changed you. I mean, we can't, we can't put the, like, we can't say, oh, the Doc changed him. The, 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 the changes you've made in your adult I'm life I'm just pointing out, you. I would Doc much. Doc 5 can't capture them. I would, 10 times out of 10, if offered the choice, the misery coverage or John Jones back in the cage competing. I'll take John Jones back in the cage competing. Ten times out of ten, if we're talking pure volume of you want to, but but that's not you know, it is what it is. All right, topic four, Luke. UFC, the real heavyweight champion Francis Ngannou did an er interview with Ariel Hawani of the MMA Hour and opened up about some of uh, his exact thoughts on the UFC and this whole contract situation. Luke, let me jump right to that. He cleared the air on the situation, stating he has no issue with Gan winning the interim title and the means. The issue he has is the negative light that the UFC's decision has shined on this. Quote, the only issue is how, because on my end, I know that was the way to apply pressure. It didn't seem right. I find it so awkward that it didn't even bother me. I'm like, what's going on? Okay, let's do it. What bothers me is the fact that to promote that fight, they were trying to discredit me and pretend if you want to go on vacation, keep yourself, and when you want to fight, we are here. No, I want to fight, and I wasn't on vacation. Uh, Luke, he went on to basically say, you know, they didn't give him the chance to bring the title home to, to his home nation in Africa and, and have the victory lap and the tour and the celebration. They basically were very stringent in the dates they offered. If you can't do this date, you're not our champion, more or less, right? And he wanted to not have to turn around in three months after winning the title. Do you see enough here where his accusations against the UFC kind of paint them in a shitty light? I, I mean, 
as any specific situation goes, without more information, we're simply taking sides based on a very limited set of um, things that have been publicly released. And so you do that at your own peril. However, dude, how many of these stories have to historically rhyme before yes. we're like, right, this is the same thing we've been hearing for a really talk. Dude, how many times have I heard fighter dude, on the record and off the record? I cannot count the number of times I've had a fighter complain about this exact thing, whether they were champion or not. Not every story is exactly the same. Uh, they, they have their own little contours. So do I believe him? Who's to know what happened in this particular instance? But what he is complaining about sounds identical to what I hear all the time. Well, here's what's interesting. Even though he's going to be fighting Cyril Ghosn to, to become, uh, you know, unify the belt, become the true undisputed heavyweight champion, Luke, he's not overly sore about the status of his relationship with the UFC, and he's not against the idea of maybe even moving on if necessary. Quote, I did not sign a new deal. First of all, there is a champ clause and they've been trying to apply pressure with an extension, but I did not sign a new deal and I think that's basically the issue. That's what is causing all these issues because I don't want to sign a new deal on these certain terms. Luke, he went on to give more details, but he's basically saying when his contract runs out, if that's it for him in the UFC, that's it and he's yeah. okay with that. He can't get out as long as he's a champion. They'll just institute some of the stuff in the championship clause. He'll have to he'll have to give back the title, which by the way, it's like, dude, I don't even know if he can do that. Can you can you give up a title to get out of your contract so that the provisions about extending it don't, uh, in other words, can't they just confer upon him status that, that, that stops that? They could actually do that. I don't know that they will. Maybe they don't want to deal with him anymore or they feel like he's a malcontent. Who knows? Who knows what the truth well, is? Well, his argument, though, in this interview was that he had to borrow money on his previous two camps yeah. just to be able to pay for it and yeah. afford it. So... Now that he's champion and he has a little bit of leverage, what, he's not allowed to use it? He's got to come back when they say three months later on that exact date or we'll create an interim title? Again, I'm going to keep saying this. It's, it's not the media's job to fight these battles. Get a union, pass the Ali Act, or just keep dealing with this. I don't know what to say anymore, <sighs> man. Like how, We're just a broken record over here. This is the imbalanced nature between management and contracting, uh, independent contractors. This is, this is, this is it. Yeah. This is it. I do like that Ngannou is coming out clean with it. I know they have, you know, he hasn't always seen eye to eye with the UFC. When he initially lost to Stipe, they freaking hammered him publicly. Can you, can you, for, you know, for being a malcontent and all yeah. this stuff. Can and you maybe imagine true, a world where guys can get out of contracts at a reasonable amount? So, like, imagine he was already out and now circulating. He probably would have gone back to UFC. They probably would have made him the most amount of money. But how much more money would he have gotten? Some of those are going to trickle to Bellator. Some are going to trickle to one and PFL. They don't have to wait out these long periods. Right. Can you imagine if you could actually uh, change contracts while being a UFC champion, right? You didn't have to drop the title to get out. Yeah. And so they would have to re-sign you to retain their champion. Or you could go to Bellator as the reigning. You, I mean, dude, it would fundamentally change the game. But this is how, although we say, okay, until you get a union, we won't see any change. Oh, that's true. But this is the road to get there. More champions Doing the old Randy Couture bit, which is standing up for yourself, right? Standing up for yourself in the lane. If you have a non-negotiable in this lane, which is, you know, if I keep bending to you here and not getting paid for it, then, you know, I'm just going to be nothing to you when I lose the belt in, in think, a year. I think the fighters complaining is a good thing for raising visibility, and it has worked. Okay, you've raised And you visibility. do have to be willing to lose it all, which Ngannou sounds like he's willing to cut ties if he has to. But I don't know that he can if he remains champion. That's what I'm sure. trying to tell you. No, I, I, I get, I get he that He could be part. locked in for a very long time. You did get a chance to chat on Morning Combat, youtube.com slash Morning Combat with Eric Nixick, yes. his coach. Yes. And to kind of talk about with him their preparations and what they've been doing with this time off ahead of the Cyril Gon fight. Luke, we've got sound to throw let's, to that, let's hear that right now. 
Yeah, I, I think you could go either way. And, and of course, we always want to have cage time because for us, that's where you, you're making those improvements. It's like going to college. So, yeah, I think having cage time is always nice, but it's also nice to be able to do things behind the scenes. You know, like you and I talked about before, we were doing working a lot on the wrestling game. We weren't really having to show it in fights. And then we were able to see a glimpse of that in the Stipe fight when we were able to win the title. So there's there's been a lot of improvements, I think, technically that we're able to make behind the scenes. But again, it's like, when are you getting your actual reps when it matters the most? And that's in the cage. So, yeah, I think you can go either way. It could be a catch 22. Me personally, you know, I would like for him to be more active and, and uh, you know, getting that call that we're fighting January 22nd. And that made us all feel pretty good. Luke, as long as Nganu makes it back and can fight for the real title against Gan, you know, winning will fix everything probably and he'll get paid what he deserves. I just hope that fight goes on without a hitch and we're, we're on the What do you road. imagine, though? Because here's what I'll say. I think Ghanan should be favored to win. I think he probably will win. Favored to win over Francis Ngannou. Yeah, I think, I think he will. Hold, hold on. Follow, follow me for a second. You don't agree. It's okay. Who knows? It's not that I disagree that it's possible it could be or that it might be right that it could be. It just to hear that and to actually really swallow it based on the fact that I thought Ngannou made a ridiculous leap in that win over Stipe. So with that, you know, I want to respect that, yeah. you know? So, but just follow me for a second. Imagine Gan wins. What does Francis do? Because now he's no longer champion. He's no longer bound by championship clauses. At that point, I think getting out would be much easier. Does he get out or does he stay? I think he stays. It, I mean, it depends. It always depends. Could I see him boxing Junior Dos Santos in a year? I mean, you know, I mean, come on, right? He already knocked him out, though. I know, I know, I know. Um, Luke, I just want to see the fight, okay? I want to see I want to see the stars get paid so they can... And, dude, the three-month turnaround was BS, and you know it, okay? It was complete BS. Okay, maybe they're testing. Maybe it's like the first night in jail there in UFC. Right when you become champion, they need to test you. I mean, they need to, to corner you, you in find, the shower and dude, test you. I mean, the you. amount of hypocrisy here, like, could you find situations where they treated other fighters in similar circumstances very differently. Dude, yeah. it, not, it would not be different. That's how we screen our future employees here. We want to know your loyalty factor up front. Would you kill for Dude, me? Dude, BC's purity tests for Yo, the people Yo, Barack, would here. you kill for me? That's what I want to know, right? He would not. He would not. No, he probably wouldn't. He probably wouldn't. But he's doing a great job dealing with my motion, my movement here and flow. Final topic of the week is, Luke, everything surrounding the reaction from Deontay Wilder in defeat in that great trilogy about a week ago against Tyson Fury. Deontay was plenty under fire for refusing to do the handshake with Fury after the bout in the corner. And then when the video emerged and you can actually hear Wilder say, I still don't respect you, almost, you know, F you, get away from me. Luke, I've been on record saying, like, come on, he's the guy that's probably concussed. He was just in an absolute war in a heated rivalry in which we kind of used the heat to build it up. If he doesn't want to do the immediate handshake and love, like, I don't care about that. But Luke, finally, Wilder put out an official public statement. What I want to know from you is whether this fixes it. Does this massage it out? Does this fix everything? Here's the quote from Deontay. Wow, what a hell of a night. I would like to first and foremost thank God for allowing me to give the world another part of me that's driven with passion and determination. I would like to thank my team and fans for sticking by my side through this long process. I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't disappointed in the outcome, but after reflecting on my journey, I now see what God wanted me to experience is far greater than what I expected to happen. We didn't get the win, but a wise man once said the victories are within the lessons. Luke, you'd go on to say more encouraging stuff about his future, but he also would go on to say, last but not least, I would like to congratulate Tyson Fury for his victory and thank you for the great historical memories that will last forever. Okay, it's not Fury, I respect you, I love people, don't hate me, but I didn't need that from him either. Luke, your thoughts on him coming forward? Why didn't you need it from him? Because, one, because this is boxing. 
and I don't always want my or expect my 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 you know fight heroes afterwards to have to buddy it up. Is it great? It's a great when Gotti and Ward become like best friends and brothers, you know, for life after that and train each other. Yeah, it's great. I don't necessarily need that. I do think what Deontay Wilder sometimes goes through is it is it self-inflicted sometimes, but I also think Luke he's misunderstood and he gets negatively dealt with a lot at, at every turn. Even if he makes a lot of misturns in that, he gets negatively dealt with a lot, which isn't always fair to him, I, w- I would say, in that regard. Listen, I think if guys have been in fist fights, you should be forgiving. If they've been knocked out in fist fights, yeah. you should be really forgiving of what I mean, they if you're say. a competitor, you're not always ready. Even, even to pick up basketball, you, while I encourage people to be polite, and I do that to my kids and I raise them right, I'm not always ready to love on you afterwards. You we know? do, but also, like, just for a second, the guy just got knocked the fuck out. Yes. Like. A guy was in a car crash, and you want him to deliver the Gettysburg Address? Like, be, be chill for a second. Let a guy... Yeah, hey, Rogan, can you let Connor kind of cool down first, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say. Like, I try to be very understanding of that moment. Now, if they double down on it later and whatever, okay, it changes the equation. Listen, I don't think he should have been beaten up over the comment. There are people being like, shame on him. Chill with that shit. Chill with the shame shit. I'm not into that. I will say this, though, BC. And this is the one part when I tweeted about it, I got a little bit of pushback, and I don't really understand it, which is... It's a it's it's not exactly what you're saying, but it's a version of it, which is listen, you gotta do nasty, evil things to another person in this game. You gotta grind yourself down and get into a weird headspace, you're fist fighting another guy. If they wanna be unsportsmanlike to each other as a way to like win and just get themselves ready for these you know, very difficult moments, even afterwards, this is how they get their mindset, then that's what it should be. I really disagree with that. I think you should be understanding that after a fist fight, it is not right to police someone's opinions, especially, especially, especially if they took damage. But I think as a community, our orientation should be to hold the line on the value of basic and sensible forms of sportsmanship. I think you should thread the needle between being forgiving, well, but now here's what they do. They always do this. Like, I'd I like to see that. I'd like to see that for on, his dude, own but growth. Dude, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about policing the guys and beating them up. What I'm talking about is just getting rid of the idea that in, in any way sportsmanship matters. No, it actually does. It's actually beneficial for all of us as a group to have this camaraderie through understanding. Have you gotten therapy? Because this is really mature of you. I'm just saying, dude, don't you? I, I don't like the instinct of, it's the fight game. People could do and say whatever they want. No, they can get away with a lot. They can get away with a lot. They cannot do and say whatever they want. And you know that they can't. And orientating towards something more noble while understanding we are going to fall off of that I think is a much healthier, more rational approach. Yeah, okay. I would, ref- I would prefer that people would, be, would become whole in front of me and do, make the right move. I don't always expect it is what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I yeah. expect that we should not get rid of our instinct to encourage sportsmanship. Getting rid of that, to me, seems a very bad idea. As a, as a dad-to-dad, Luke, I agree with you, okay? It's not fight about being a dad. I'm not trying pundit. to be paternalistic. I'm trying to do the opposite. I like when you're paternalistic. Dude, don't it makes you us think, all feel safe on dude, set. Dude, don't you think it would be terrible if we just said, you know what? We don't need any of that shit. We don't need any of the good game stuff. We don't need any of the shaking hands. We don't need any of the nice... Co- ever? You never, in any circumstance, feel like that meaningfully improves the sporting experience, even in fistfights? It clearly improves it. It's clearly important. Okay, but like, it's an important guardrail. Don't, don't put lipstick on the pig, though. It's boxing. Come on. At the same time, it's fucking boxing. The fights you gotta occur be, in the sweaty armpit circle. You got to be. And there's a lot of hair. And, and that's there's, where, there's being, and that's and where stuff, being forgiving you know? and kind of being hands yeah. off about it at times is, is where it's at. I hope you catch a paternity suit from one of us. I hope. I hope you. 
I hope you don't, don't do it. Don't do it. So about Wilder's future, he has a, uh, he was diagnosed with a broken metacarpal bone in his right hand that he says uh, happened around round three. And also he had a cut inside his ear that caused the balance problems. Uh, for their interviews with Malik Scott, basically saying his trainer that they 100% expect him to fight again. He's not retiring, but that he may have been Luke on, on, uh, on ice skates, really from that third round knockdown on. And I think in hindsight, that's true. The fact that Wilder gutted that out and was willing to somehow had success within that is really a testament to his will. Totally. But I would agree with that. He was, I mean, there are equilibrium shots. Look at when Sergio Martinez's knee fell apart against Cotto, we tend to just talk about the knee. But it was the equilibrium shot that dropped him first that he never could get that balance back. Sometimes a fight, think AJ versus Ruiz one, where that equilibrium shot changes the tenor of that fight until it's done. I know, but I don't want to be one of these guys who's like, oh, well, his hand was hurt and his equilibrium was off. No, this what is if, not to make excuses. It's yeah, more yeah. of like to praise like, him. Dude, you had three through. fights with the guy. Yes. You had yes. your chances. It is what it is at this point. Uh, his co-advisor, Shelly Finkel, talked to Dan Raphael of Fight Freaks Unite and said, the break is behind the middle finger. Uh, a cracked metacarpal behind the knuckle. He'll have surgery. Dude, that's a bad... The punching is supposed to be done with the first two knuckles. That's a bad one to break. He'll have surgery on Monday. He'll be out three to four months recuperating. Finkel would go on to say, I would guess March or April for a return, but more likely May or June. I don't know if that means a return fighter being cleared to fight or to train, but either way... I'd like look, to see him take a long break. Yeah, either way. Uh, Luke Tyson Fury, by the way, his father, John, came out and said... Um, what people don't need to realize, and I've had a lot of UK fans reach out to us, when we, when we talk about has Fury at 33, did you know he wasn't the same crispness he was in the second Wilder fight by any means, and was that the two years off? Was it a shakedown in his focus? Well, Luke, an underreported story was that his child was born premature mm. and that he spent a lot of time in that ICU praying and crying and not training during training camp. And you know, as someone who went through uh, Similar to things in a long run in a NICU, I can totally gauge how that would gut a man. So I guess we need to, in hindsight, based on John Fury basically spelling it out, Fury also bit down pretty hard and, and fought through a lot well, of shit. Can you shit imagine your kid's point. born premature, they're in the NICU, and then you're out there doing that with all those distractions? That's, yeah. it's just, it's, he's, he's a remarkable human being. Uh, his father, John, said, I'm 56 years old, 20 stone, and I outran him. We went for a run around Liverpool, and Tyson's lungs were on fire. I thought, look at this, my lungs, you couldn't even hear me. And he struggled on the three-mile run. So, you know, whatever that means, Luke. It was only a couple of weeks before the fight. Uh, early reports have Wilder Fury 3 as a little bit of a disappointment at 600,000 pay-per-view buys. See, Although, you can never really tell with the numbers how they reported if they're right on. And also, dude, I kind of understand that. I mean, it ended up being big and then over-delivering after the fact. But even going into the fight, we all kind of had an... I mean, the part of the reason why it was so successful and such a great event was the fight itself was phenomenal and, and over-delivered. But it was that we went in there with like, a, this should be fun, but we don't expect too much from it. And then it yes. gave us so much more. But that front end, I think, dampened, dampened sales a little Absolutely bit. Absolutely, could be. Uh, British legend Carl Frotch joined the chorus of people saying, hey, maybe Tyson Fury never fights again. Luke, I don't believe that at all. I'm hearing it more and more. But Tyson Fury did give an interview with The Telegraph recently and said, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got one fight left on my contract with Top Rank and ESPN, and we'll see what it is, but I'm not thinking about boxing right now. I don't know how many fights I've got left. I don't know if I need to fight anymore. I don't know what the future holds. Luke, he says the motivation's still there to train and get up in the morning and run, but he doesn't. He no longer has goals regarding to titles. Luke, I'm going to call a little bit of BS. I think he still wants to finish his career as the undisputed champion. I think there's a little bit of public negotiation. Let it be known that I got one fight left with ESPN at top rank. Mm. Maybe wake up Eddie Hearn in the bullpen to get some mm -hmm. crazy money together or anyone else, you know, in this regard. I see. I think he still wants to 
leave his era, no doubt, at the very least, as, as the best undisputed champion of that era. That sounds right. I think he fights the winner of, uh, uh, you know, he may have to take an he is He is 33. At heavyweight, though, that's nothing, I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, but also, like, he's even said the titles don't mean anything, which I know you're saying, like, they probably do. But at the same point, he is 33. He has held every title. He just vanquished the biggest foe, at least in terms of, you know, celebrity anyway, that he's ever had. AJ just lost. Like, I mean, if AJ beats Usyk, that's big business back on again. Right, but what if he doesn't? Will there be the same motivation for Fury to try to get Usyk into a big undisputed fight, knowing that he probably has to fight Dillian White first to fulfill that mandatory to get yeah. to the Usyk fight? Like, Dillian White uh, fight no, is okay, big, maybe you're but... oh, That's a good point. Is it worth it for Fury to fight two guys he doesn't want to, Dillian White and Usyk? He would be favored to win both, but they'd both be tough in different ways. Would he have that same motivation compared with, I'm fighting AJ for stupid money in front of 90,000 yeah, like, for he all wants four to, belts? Right. He wants to hurt that guy. Does he really care about Usyk? I don't think he cares about Usyk. That's an interesting you know? way of look at it, looking at it. Uh, real quick notes in the news cycle, Luke. Tommy Fury opening as a slight betting favorite in this proposed fight with Jake Paul. Minus 150 for ty- ty- Tommy Fury. Excuse me. Plus 120 for Jake Paul. Does that sound about right to you? No official on if and when this fight's going to happen, but they say that a contract is signed. Hard, hard to know exactly. I guess, you know, Tommy's a real boxer. I don't know how good he is, but he's a real boxer. Yeah, I guess that's about right. Yeah, you know, something like that. It's interesting. It something makes me like kind of makes me a little bit more excited. Listen, don't fight. think I won't cash checks around this fight because I will. But uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And also, Showtime formally announcing a fight that had been rumored a fight card October thirtieth on Showtime, a triple header in Las Vegas. That's the weekend before the Canelo Caleb Plant fight, and uh, Jamal James defending his portion of the WBA welterweight title, a secondary belt against Radzab Butayev. But Luke, you, that co-main event is what's calling you. Jerron Boots Ennis taking another one of these welterweight step-ups. He just done the deed to, uh, to uh, what's that guy's name? The guy. The, the, the damn guy. The, the big name he just beat. The guy that, that retired Lamont Peterson. What the hell is that guy's oh, name? Oh, um... You know who I'm talking about. Ruslan Provodnikov. No, but good, but uh, it's Sergey Lipinets. Lipinets. Sorry, 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 sorry. Thank, sorry, you. Sorry, Thank sorry. you, less than Jake. Luke, this is against Thomas DeLorme, who, who can be vulnerable at times, but still has a big punch coming out of the Dominican Republic. It should be an interesting fight. Bro, Boots is... You were, you were Boots day one, I'll give He's you that credit. He's going to do terrible things to him. All right, we ain't spinning that wheel today, and that's my fault. I'm sorry. But again, I had to sacrifice for this ring, this resume review thing that's coming out that's going to take up your time and energy and motivation and focus, and that Chuck rooftop thing. They already leaked out that we did it, Luke, so you might as well face the facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, we did it, but... Um, I heard it was good. I heard. It's, I heard there was less biatches and yo's. Fair. It's a fair way of looking at it. Uh, Luke, I may have been wrong for the things I said during that show and many of our shows. Luckily, every Friday we have a segment where you let us know by hitting us up at morningcombat at gmail.com. Not my DMs. Don't text me. Don't show up at Luke's front yard gym. Send it there to Mikey. He'll put it on the shit if it's good enough. Luke, dead wrong is what we call it. I have people send me stuff. They're like, dude, why don't the producers put this on the show? And then they send it to me, and I'm like, right. If you don't understand why the producers yeah. wouldn't put what you've sent me on the show, then maybe you know the hardcore fans think we don't have as as sharp of an axe to cut the shit for like fan submissions that that isn't good that shouldn't be there. Yeah, they don't understand. They think we we're just do. masturbating because we want to hear the good things about it. We do do that as well, dude. You said doo doo. All right, Luke. Doo-doo. Number one is from Jordan here. You're hey P- guys, you're Peter Griffin, but just not charming. Jordan from Hawaii here. BC on episode two thirteen around the forty six minute mark. Mentions Marina Rodriguez bouncing back from a stoppage win against Esparza 
First, bouncing back from a win makes no sense. Oh, that's fair. Luke, I say a lot of shit. Okay. Again, that's also, true. presumably, BC means the decision loss to Esparza and that Rod- Rodriguez bounced back from the stoppage win against Hiba. It sounds like I was really effed up, Luke. I also yeah. called um, the great Amanda Hibas a uh, flyweight contender to her face when it's strawweight, obviously my favorite division. It's okay. So. It's all right. So that's a dead wrong. I dead wrong myself in the future. Yes, Luke, you put me in front of a microphone long enough, I'll annoy you. Microphone? Just put me in front of you long enough. All right, all right. Uh, Michael slides in for dead wrong number two. On Monday's October 11th show during Odds and Ends, BC was dead wrong in saying Edgar Berlanga is a light heavyweight. Hey, BC, he boxes at 168 pounds, making him a super middleweight. You're the boxing guy, BC. How did you get this wrong? Do you ever plan on getting better at your job? Or are you just going <laughs> to take the wilder route and be a one-trick pony forever? That's a good thing. Wow, that's a man-in-the-mirror moment. Now, hey, listen, him Wilder had a ways. big moment this weekend. Wow, I better I better come correct and apologize. Yes, Luke, they're, they're outing me. I'm being just, it's just sloppy. It's just unnecessarily sloppy. I guess so. All right, Luke. Uh, BC, so-called boxing specialist. This is Goran. Goran. Ivan Isevich sliding in. Uh, just kidding. Love you, pal. However, during episode 214, have you seen the shit? You, you said Sharif Bogare walked out in a panther costume when he, in fact, had a lion costume. Bogare, uh, Bogare, he would come out in a cage. His, his, his handlers would carry him in a cage, and he'd be dressed like a lion. And I said... Um, Lions only, BC. Yeah. Uh, congrats on the 100K, you big dossers. <laughs> and uh, free from lockdown in Wollongong, Australia, hometown of the great Alexander Volkanovsky. That's it's, right. It's our friend Goran. All right. Thank you. That's a few L's for me. Goran. Uh, Zach is here, and he says, Good sirs, Luke said Leon Edwards had been out for two years going into the Nate fight, but he's forgetting the Bilal Muhammad fight. Remember the name, Luke. Uh, understandable since that outcome was very gas station hot dog. Even with the Bilal Muhammad fight, it wasn't... Oh, but dead oh, wrong oh, oh, all the oh, same. I see, I see, yes. I see, I see, I see. It was an aborted fight. It was still roughly two years, but not before Diaz, before Bilal. I get it. Okay. All right, we had a gang of people slide in and say, real-time dead wrong here at 47 minutes of episode October 13th. Luke Rockhold has a back injury, not a knee injury, BC. Yeah, I was I was openly speculating on what I'd read, but yeah, okay, back injury. I just read he had an injury, and it yeah. kind of was like, oh, okay, right. This is sloppy. This, you know, If anything, Luke, this is how I want the accountability from the judges and refs in, in Vegas after a boxing match. I want them to sit in front of the media they have a and explain wrong. their scorecard. This is what I'm doing right now, okay? See, I don't think people take advantage enough of like, dude, I don't know other shows that do this. When they get it wrong... Yeah. They just let that shit go. We, we, got we a let you guys roast us. We're like, you know, are the, are the bathrooms in this place a shithole? They are. They ha- are. Hashtag transparency. Tra- tran- yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. Bro. Okay, I'm, I'm not. Like your translucent no, skin. I have no jokes in that area. Look, this is Tyrone here. Hi, guys. At 48 minutes of Maybe episode 190. Maybe you're just being racist. Tyrone style, Philly style. Uh, Luke says Luke finished Chiesa with a Darce choke, which was his second in the UFC. It was, in fact, Luke's fourth win by Darce in the UFC, uh. having choked out Chiesa, Woodley, Nico Price in their first meeting, Jesus. and Alvaro Hereda, Herrera, which puts him over Tony, who had three of them, Luke, against wow. Barboza, Venata, and Mike He can Rio. snatch those things up. He's I enjoyed the BDE it. and CTE you guys deliver, but I have a question. <laughs> BC talks about BDE a lot, but does he have BD? What's BD? Uh, big ass cock. I don't <laughs> Any of the millennials here know what BD is? BO is body odor. We used to we used to say VD in high school. Venereal disease. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know what BD stands Th thank for. Thank you for that contribution. All right. Back there. Uh, Will says. Is that what that stands for? You just subtract the energy? Thank you. At we what? All... <laughs> she was like, big ass disc? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Will says at 117 of episode 210, BC discusses Dan Hooker accepting the Isl Islam fight, quote, mm -hmm. fresh off a victory over that guy that looks like Johnny Hendricks, end quote. BC surely meant Kelvin, Kelvin Gastelum. Gastelum. Yes, Nasrat Hackerest. When referring to Nasrat Hackerest, uh, the lookalike. How, yeah, 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 yeah. how could you mix I it? saw you just fumble your way through that How game. could you make it? Uh, he beat <laughs> <laughs> Did I catch a niner in there, Luke? Wow, <laughs> yeah. Um, how could you mix up Kelvin and Johnny? Kelvin's a great guy. Took a picture with him during International Fight Week, and he signed a T-shirt. Even went to one of his backyard barbecues. I only delivered a pizza there. That sounds like stalking, basically, right? Uh, never met him, though. Get it together, BC. Your Rockhold-esque looks are enough to compensate for your deficient IQ, but you can't be blind also. Wow, Luke, that's... Uh, no, one, no one has ever confused you for Luke Rockhold. I do, we do have similar... B, D, and E, to be fair, Luke, okay? No, you don't have B, D, or E. You have none of the three. Uh, Andrew and Mitch say, at 710 of Wednesday's show, BC makes a reference to the 1991 Saved by the Bell episode, All in the Mall, in which the gang gets locked in a mall trying to score oh God, concert tickets. Name? Only BC said Rolling Stone tickets when, in fact, Zach and his friends were trying to go see you too. I knew I was dead wrong in the moment, but I didn't know the answer, so I didn't bring it up. No one on the MK staff caught that, probably because most of them are too young to even remember, whereas Luke often tells all of them, it's not your fault you were born in 1997. You seem obsessed with that. I don't quite understand why. Um, and they even gave him a tick on the 90s counter. Love you guys. Love the show. 100 strong. MK all day, every day. Thank you, guys. I was wrong. Luke, I'm, I had a bad week. <laughs> this is what happens when you spray words like an AK-47 on a drive-by. I'm back in therapy, though, Luke, okay? Some of them are going to be a miss. Omar and Greg here. Hello, I'm Omar, a big fan from the Canary Islands of Spain. Yeah, Luke, dude. we need a map where we can put little thumbtacks in every, I every... I like that idea. ...every listener that sends in. They're going to lie, and they're going to be like, I'm from Timor-Leste. Like, no, you're not. You know? I'm from Comoros. Seychelles. Seychelles? That, too. Yeah. yeah. You don't have any other obscure countries? Like Azerbaijan, you can hit me with. Is Doha. Azerbaijan obscure? Where I come from, yes. Okay, Bhutan, Bahrain, anyone? Uh, Bahrain, you mean? Myanmar. Myanmar. Where Bur I come from, we call that shit Burma. Burma? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little uh, bit of a police state over there, huh? Yeah, That's yeah. So great. I got one more here. Uh, Omar's from the Canary Islands. My Latino brother, Luke Thomas, was dead wrong on MK Extra uh -oh. Credit, episode three, at the 1940 mark. Luke said Alexander Romanov was undefeated in the UFC, and they all came via stoppage, but Romanov... One against Juan Espino versus via controversial split technical split decision after he was unable to continue due to a groin to the knee when he had clearly gassed out. Much love from the other side of the Atlantic. Okay, fair enough. I'll take that out. By the way, another one that I don't know if I got put on here, there's a video of Ronda Rousey. I should have put that on today's show. I know, yeah. I know. Pronouncing her name, she's very explicit about it. She says it like a Z. So in fairness with the segment, dead wrong. Wow. Dead wrong. Wow. Wow. See? See? You think Hoppe takes L's like that at home just to keep the peace? Yes. Wow. Absolutely, says the staff. Wow. All right. Uh, we have one more segment for you. It's not involves a wheel. I know. I know. By the way, former WCW star, the great, the great, the Raven, right? 
Raven, mm-hmm. Scotty Levy, you know Raven, right? I don't know who that is, but no. He had the damn flock. The guy was a badass. What was he in WWE? WCW. Look up Raven WCW. You know the guy instantly, okay? Um, he uh, he DM'd me and said, look, BC. Vaguely, vaguely. Oh, come on, dude. He had the whole freaking, from ECW, like, had the whole like gang. Phil, it looks like Phil Anselmo. He basically bit. like a, like an angry, his character was an angry lead singer of a 90s band who probably killed himself with. That okay. was like his character. Right? Okay, I did not, not know Shannon him. Not Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon, necessarily. Yeah, he's got a little bit of the Pantera 92 vibes. Um, he was like, look, you know, Wheel of Death non-celebrity style is, is probably the best thing you guys have ever done. He's the only one and, who fixed uh, that. <laughs> I see you. I see you. I see you, brother. Uh, Luke, we have one more segment called Tip to Tip. Every Friday we share a recommendation, a tip of the cap, a suggestion to something or someone out there, Luke. It's called just the tip to tip. I hate you. Luke, you didn't send in a tip to the staff. They don't I have, have any. I have one. Oh, I have, you have one. I what do you got one. for us, please? I tweeted about it. I don't too late to grab it. Since you mentioned the Raven, it was announced today by Jedi Mind Tricks frontman, Vinny Paz, on Instagram. The next. That was a weird, gross sexual look you gave when you were. That's not. See, that's why. Like, this Vinny is why you're Paz. disturbed. You're the kind of guy who goes to like a drive-through and like the lady will just hand you food and you'd be like. I think that lady was trying to fuck me. No. no she was just she, handing you your beef and Versace cheddar. Versace store. Versace store. Okay? All right. <laughs> okay. She was yeah, trying to yeah. fuck us. All right. That's you're different. Like, you're like, that's that, different. That, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. She was absolutely trying to fuck us, but I that is different. So. No, no. no, but you're the guy who gets the beef and cheddar. You're like, what the fuck? I think she wanted to bang me. She didn't want to bang you. She's just giving you your beef and cheddar. Okay. Long story short, the 10th and next studio album oh, by Jedi Mind Tricks. Quiet, quiet, you <laughs> ape. You fucking ape. Uh, it comes out November 19th, and it will be, of course, <laughs> Vinny Paz and uh, Stoop on the on the ones and the twos. I am very excited about it. Pre-orders, jmtstore.com right now. That's, that's pretty awesome. There you go. Luke, my tip this week is I cannot believe I've never watched the show. Luke, did we, we... You have been raving about we this We sometimes week. rightfully shout out when people die that we were really influenced by, you know, and have our David Bowie moment and put on Facebook, okay, I'm gutted right now. You know, you know I overemphasize when people do that. But we should have been gutted. I remember when Norm MacDonald died a couple months back. Great comedian, right? The best SNL Weekend Update host that there ever was. Yep. And, you know, even our producer, Matt Snyder, was like, guys, you're not doing anything on... on on Norm, and, and, and I was wrong, Luke, and it's led me down many rabbit holes again to revisit the great moments, the appearances on Conan. And then, Luke, I'm like, holy shit, he did have a sitcom. What was it? The Norm Show? The Norm McDonald Show? It, they changed the name and it became Norm. Luke, I didn't realize that I had seen this in the 90s, but I went back and I started rewatching. All three seasons are on YouTube, by the way, full episodes. Luke, this show is, it was an ABC sitcom, 99 to about 2001, I think it ran. I know they ended up adding Artie Lang and a couple other uh, feature people in the, in the subsequent seasons, but I'm on season one right now. This shit's absolutely hysterical. It's completely inappropriate. It would not what fly is the, what is today's... The, uh, so, so, I was like, I was like, so Seinfeld was Jerry Seinfeld living in his apartment yes. on like the Upper West Side. What is the setting? Norm is a hockey star who was kicked out of the league for uh, cheating on his taxes and basically doing like financial thing, whatever. And his, his, his community service that he had to do because of that was to become a social worker. So it's, um, uh, what's her name from Roseanne's in it? Lori? I don't know who that Roseanne's is. sister in the show. You know what I'm saying. She was in Scream 2. You know what I'm saying? I don't know who that is. All right. Anyway, Luke, that show is absolutely hilarious. And there's about four to five moments where I'm just like, I cannot believe that was on network TV. Even in the late 90s, which was pretty extreme, Luke. We're extreme. We're very extreme in the late 90s. Um, it's edgy. No wonder why I got canned. It's fantastic. Will you watch? Will you go to YouTube, okay? 
And will, not now, but like, will you in your free time? Will you watch? That's actually, now is when I want to go to YouTube while you talk. I know people are gonna be like, BC, like you didn't watch that. I did. Now that I'm rewatch, I did. I realized. But sometimes there's so many memories up here. There's so many feelings. There's so many. They, like I have to put shit to the CTE. back corner, and I have to keep it there for a while, and I can't access it. Like it's like sort of like I know I have that, but it's in my attic in a tote, and I'd have to go upstairs and get it and pull it out, and it's gonna take a while, right? I know it's back there, but then something, something remind, always something there to remind me. Bro, right? you ever watched old episodes of Married with Children? Yes. I mean, there's no way that was written by anyone other than divorced dads. There's no way my yes. divorced dad thought that was the greatest writing in the yeah, history of yeah, television. Yeah, yeah. And you go back and watch it, and it is, um, you could never get away with that today. No, you I mean, just it. like when you put on Archie Bunker, you're like, oh, oh my God. Yeah, like that's, yeah but even, for, I'm not saying it was racist per se, although it was very sexist yes. at times. But um, yeah, that's the show for men who hate marriage. That's what that is. Yeah. Much like our staff. Uh, I hope you don't catch a case for today's episode. Luke. I hope I don't. I hope it, yeah, it was in the it was in the sake. It was in the in the vein of. There's art. only been one time I got an email from someone, and it wasn't like they were telling me what to say. They were just like, "Can you not use this one word?" And I yeah. won't repeat it here. Don't, you know what I'm talking re- about? It, did it begin with a Q? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it did. And I, when you get in, when you get a text from your boss being like, "Can you not say this obscenely?" Bad word. He's like, you can talk. That story was fine. You can, yeah. show, you can show dead people. Tell the Have story. This shit? Tell the you know? story. Yeah. But maybe don't use that word. I was like, you know what? I think that's that's the, that's the only time in my life I've ever had a boss be like, can you not use this word on the job? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, yeah. that's pretty fair. That's pretty fair. That's obscene. Hey, man, it was good to be back in studio. You know, it felt really good. It's and, and, so much and, different. You know, did I make up for what we lost with the wheel? Probably not. But, Luke, I tried to leave myself on this table today because this is the last time you and I will ever do Morning Combat from this studio I right don't, I don't, here. I don't believe that. The new one, they're building it. They say that. They built, Luke, and I had a lot of input into how, what it's going to look like, as did you. I know you were very hands-off in the process. Very... No, it wasn't. I mean, um, you gave a little bit of input, but then you're just... You no, know, because you go on there and you're like, yo, I want all this dumb shit on there. And I'm like, I would like mine to look simple and clean and professional. Yeah. And he goes, I want dumb shit. And I was like, I don't know what that means exactly, sir, but um, you are... This is a Wendy's, so... <laughs> I do... Uh, I don't know if he'll ever be our sound guy again, but today we had a good run with, with Barack. I know he's... he's uh, Ock and Barack are great on moving, his own. But Barack, we appreciate you joining the team for today. Also, uh, you know, Gaff, Sally on the ones and twos. There's no Manich today. Hold on. Did, you know hold what, on. You hold know on. Is my thank you in Turkish right? What is it? Teşekkür. 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 Nice. Good yeah. pull. Good pull. I like that. I got yeah. close. I got yeah. close. Yeah. I got close. Yeah. Uh, I don't know where Corey Manichi is today. Where the hell is Manich? I think they're just uh, doing drugs. Probably hanging out with Jay Aaron, doing right? Doing <laughs> Working on the set list for the next yeah. Pennington show. Yeah. yeah doing lots. Uh, I w- uh, want to thank all the crew who came in. I will say they do a lot of bitching about coming into the office. Have you heard that, though? Right? They come in, like, it's a bit of a drive, yeah, yeah, yeah. or if you're, if you're, I don't know if I ever want to come back here, If or... you're coming on, come on already, right? You know, just, you got you to gotta be here. Look, here's the thing. I want winners on this show. <laughs> Look know? at the staff. They're like, I want winners. fired. Luke, I often say it, and I'm not kidding. It's not a bit. I want people that work on this show that will live and die for this brand. I agree. I agree. That will I risk their, their standing in life, both in the people, way people yes. receive them, in terms of where they are in, with the law, to make this show great. In all seriousness, thank you to everyone who came in, especially who stayed late for all the late shootings. And well, uh, well, I mean, the shootings. I mean, it was a film. It wasn't you filming. Know, yeah, yeah. Filming. Sorry. Although, you know who was shooting? Yeah. That guy that we got on camera watching yeah, porn. He was, he was, I mean, that yeah, guy was shooting ropes. Skeet, skeet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were filming the, the <laughs> rooftop story scene with Chuck. Story. 
and as we're setting the lighting and stuff, we look across at this apartment building, and on the big screen, this guy had... Uh, <laughs> he just had pornography. Yeah, for, for, for about a minute and a half, I think it was. And, and, and on a 75-inch television. Yeah, and then he, then he sat out on his porch afterwards and was just like, yep. <laughs> Post-coitus. <laughs> I was like, Jersey City. This is a special <laughs> that place. Is it. That uh, is it. Thank you to everyone from Malka from CBS Sports from Showtime who made the week possible. We can't come back here and do this yeah. unless it's a huge team effort. So thank you to the team. Everyone plays a role and everyone is important. And the to team make this of possible. the 100K. If you're uh, if you're on us every week but you won't subscribe, you won't put a ring on it. I mean, what's wrong with you? All right. Yeah. Fuck is wrong with you? Yeah. Like, oh, I'll get around to. Oh, I don't do that. I don't subscribe. All right, dude, I got a shit. Let's wrap this up. All right, up. like. What, all right, uh, look, you want a merch code? You want us to take, save money on buying our merch? It'd be a great thing. Go to morningcombat.store. The Halloween line is coming out on Monday, but today, right now, you can get 10% off using the code LIVE10 on morningcombat.store. You want to you be dressed in this fantastic piece of business right here? All right, I don't even know if we sell this one, but it, it, does, it does look nice on me. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's about it. Bellator Saturday night, only on Showtime. Yep. And you can get 30 days free at Showtime.com. You can get in on Billions and catch up where I'm at. Hopefully we can catch up on the Norm Show on YouTube. Hopefully Luke can catch up with the men's room shortly. I am going to. Or my dungarees, whichever comes first. Yes. All right, for everyone that makes this show great, and that's you behind the camera there, folks, okay? Thank you. We love you. BC, LT, MK, all day, nearly every day, coming for that ass. Biatch. Yo. We out.